This is the Canty and Carlin Podcast. Adrian Wojnarowski reports James Harden opts into his contract for next season. The most prominent team out there right now is the Los Angeles Clippers. But the Sixers will want to get some value back for James Harden. Uh, New York's another team that I think is going to look at this. I think it's an abject nightmare if the Knicks try to go and get James Harden. Even if it's a one-year thing, I get it a little bit more. But the Knicks are not contending for a championship if they add James Harden right now. So our our wonderful board op today, Eric, takes issue with this because, you know, he, he feels like that Chinese food, that, that's a bad lyric. Chinese food makes me sick because Chinese food, you know, it, it does, shouldn't make anyone sick, but it does. Eric, if you want to pop on here in a second on Candy and Girl on ESPN Radio, ESPN App, Sirius XM, Channel 80, alongside Courtney Cronin, I'm Michael Rothstein, and we're presented by Progressive Insurance. Eric, do you want to defend yourself here with the hatred of that particular line? I mean, Chinese food, I had it the other day. It didn't make me sick. It actually made me feel the opposite. Maybe was, Rich Cronin had a bad batch. I don't know. Just saying. Maybe that's what it is, yeah. <laughs> I, I, wouldn't, I wouldn't write I a know. song lyric about you know Chinese food making me sick if it happened. I probably would keep that to myself. It's, it's the motto sodium glutamate or whatever MSG stands for. I remember specifically. Well, that was really good, Courtney. That was really good. Well, because my mom, <laughs> when we were growing up, and we would call Young's Chinese Food or Dragon Inn. There were two places in my town that had the best Chinese food. Very different. One was a little more upscale, so like you were getting like a fancy, if you wanted Bird's Nest or one of those really like higher end lot of effort into this dish that's the place you'd call if you just want good old chinese food call young's and my mom would always make me say no msg because she would get migraines from it so maybe rich cronin got a migraine by the way not no relation to me just happened to drop one of the greatest summer bangers of all time no it, yes that Good last name there. I, mine is, you know, Roth, being Rothstein, you know, unfortunately not related to the fixer of the Black Sox scandal in 1919 and part of Murder Incorporated. I have, I did ask my grandparents when they were alive if that had been the case, but, you know, unfortunately, I guess, because that would have been just a cool, like, I don't know, like a cool little, like, nugget, right? Like a family history nugget, right, Courtney? Like, I, you always kind of look for those, I think. Yeah, absolutely. I, do at least. I mean, it's your claim to fame. It's a great topic of conversation a good conversation starter some might say uh one might one might say that you can join our conversation on the cc call on line 188 say espn what song makes you think of summer is it the song that eric hates here summer girls by lfo is it another song call us tell us what do you think now that was a little I, unfair, by the way. I, I think the song is fine. It's just that one particular lyric. But no, I, I'm, I mean, much like our guy Jeff Turn uh, on the Beatles here, and Jeff Turn and I are hosting uh, Greeny tomorrow here, so make sure to listen to that. I, I want to point out that, yeah, like, no, one thing, I'm, I'm going to hammer you on it. You hate that song. That's just what it is now, man. I'm sorry. Like, but here's the other thing, right? The 76ers. Do they like James Harden still? Do they not like James Harden? He obviously opted into this contract here, and now the Sixers have a decision to make Courtney Cronin. Do they keep him? Do they trade him? Our Brian Winhorse, the NBA, wonderful NBA insider, was on the Hoop Collective podcast, and he said that the, he said this, not necessarily about James Harden, but it will have something to do with it. Sixers are wanting to be known is that they are not going to trade Tyrese Maxey. They have made this clear to various people over the recent days. They are also cool. not going to extend his contract. They want you to know that you can't have Tyrese Maxey. Prime Michael Jordan is available. Don't call. 25-year-old LeBron James is available. Lose our number. Giannis Antetokounmpo says, I want to be a sixer. If Tyrese Maxey is the ass, just keep walking. Tyrese <laughs> Maxey, I have been assured, will not be traded. Okay? 
All right, so Courtney, that was Brian Windhorst, our wonderful ESPN NBA insider. Do you think that makes it more likely that James Harden gets moved? Well, I think it's different. It's a different set of circumstances. They chose specifically not to extend Maxi this offseason because that gives them flexibility down the line, and it does make him actually a very intriguing, tradable asset, even though Wendy was saying they, at least when it comes to Tyrese Maxey, are closed for business. I also think that it's a contingency plan. If they don't end up getting Damian Lillard in the, in some trade that would require, obviously, another team uh, getting involved to give Portland the trade assets it wants and many first-round picks, you have Pat Beverly now in your backcourt, and you have Tyrese Maxey, who has gone from a good to almost at that great level of player and he is extension eligible which shows you that at least like it's part of the conversation it's not happening now it could happen down the line Tyrese Maxey with James Harden let's like let's theorize here James Harden gets out of Philadelphia ends up somewhere else that's a role that he could end up playing I think he kind of had his ceiling limited the last couple years with James Harden last two seasons being, you know, in that more predominant on, you know, ball handling role where he is a predominant on ball player and Tyrese Maxey has to work around that. If Tyrese Maxey, it might not be the sexiest point guard option, but you really don't know what you have as far as what his capabilities, the true measure of his capabilities are until you let him assume more of that role offensively. So if it's not you know, I think for this Philadelphia 76ers team, the priority is still trade James Harden. He opted in for a reason. You opted not to give him the four years. He was never coming close to a max deal because he's not a max player anymore. But they, the holdup here was the years. He wanted the long-term commitment. They weren't willing to give it to him. So it very clearly seems that they're already thinking about what life beyond James Harden looks like. And having the contingency plan, whether it's Damian Lillard replacing what you got from James Harden and then upgrading it, or using a conglomerate of what you have and then maybe bringing in some other pieces, that's where Tyrese Maxey factors in, I can completely understand why one of their best up-and-coming young players is, at least right now, not able to be moved, or so they say. Yeah, I was going to say, let's also be real here. Almost every player in every sport there's a price. Like, I, I know Wendy was saying what he was saying. I'm pretty sure may, that if the Bucks offer Giannis for Tyrese Maxey, uh, the Sixers would gladly do that. Like, let's just be very honest here. You can get your point guard production elsewhere because obviously Giannis is not a point guard. But I, I, their point, Giannis, Wendy's point was very simply, it's gonna, it would take a ton, I think, to make that happen. Now, what happens with James Harden is also interesting when it, comes to Joel Embiid because he is the guy who is the alpha in Philadelphia. He is the guy who is maybe not movable in Philadelphia, more so than, frankly, Tyrese Maxey. Keith Pompey from the Philadelphia Inquirer was on ESPN Radio Afternoons, and he was explaining maybe what could happen if, to what Courtney's point was earlier, if the Sixers do not get Dame Lillard to solve some of their point guard and guard issues. It could end up next summer. You know, I'm depending. I, I think what's going to happen is with, with Joel, you got a new coach now. He's sitting back. He's watching. You know, Nick Nurse is a great coach, so he's going to look at it and see how that goes. But, you know, if it doesn't, I think that this could be the last year that we see um, to see Joel Embiid in a Sixers uniform mm-hmm. just because of you look at him. Joel right now 
him and the, um, uh, Nikola Jokic, him and um, Giannis Antetokounmpo, you know, they're three of the premier players in the league right now. And you look at those two, they won championships. They got multiple MVPs. He got an MVP, but he knows that in order to keep up with these guys, he has to get a title. He's not keep on pace. Not wrong, Courtney. No, he's not. not. And the window for the Philadelphia 76ers is now, not one year from now after a year where they struggle in the East and fall out of contention. Joel Embiid is coming off an MVP year. He's coming off his healthiest season to date. He doesn't have time to waste, Mike. So if this thing doesn't go according to plan and they have this gap year, who's to say Joel Embiid looks at, you know, Daryl Morey, looks at the front office and says, guys, I want out of here because I don't want to be part of a team that's going to take far longer when we were constructed to win and win sooner because they got past, they have not been able to get past the second round of the postseason. Embiid has been with this team since 2014. Yes, I know he didn't start playing right away due to injuries, but this has been their ceiling his entire career. If it's not going to happen with a different set of pieces around him, if it's not James Harden, if it ends up being someone else, remind you, like just because James Harden says he wants to be traded, they don't have to grant that request if they can't find the right trade partner. That makes it tricky because we know that when he gets disgruntled, sometimes he doesn't handle it in the most mature ways, but they can hold on to him. They can trade him at the deadline. Regardless, Joel Embiid is working within an accelerated clock that bigs have and other players do not. So Philadelphia has to get this thing right, whether it's Damian Lillard, whether it's this combination of you know keeping Tyrese Maxey around and pairing him with some more talent in the backcourt. Whatever happens, they've got to continue to go all in. They've got to try to get past the juggernaut that is Miami, that is Boston, that is Milwaukee, yet again in the East. Because as currently constructed, and of course we don't know what's going to happen if Damian Lillard's going there, if he's going to Miami, by the end of next week, by the end of this whole free agency cycle, because we know it's still going on, and you know, it really in earnest, all the big deals have been struck, but we're still waiting on a couple others, they could be the fourth, fifth team in the East. And that's not a position that they want to be in, considering they just got to the conference semifinals and lost in seven to Boston. No, it's not an area that they would want to be in, Courtney. And it's going to be a really interesting question what happens with James Harden, what happens with Joel Embiid, whether the Tyrese Maxey thing is real or not. And who better to talk to about that than Derek Bodner, the Sixers reporter for the Daily Six. He's at Derek Bodner MBA, and he's with us right now here on Candy and Carlin on ESPN Radio alongside Courtney Cronin. I'm Michael Rothstein. Candy and Carlin is always presented by Progressive Insurance. Derek, thanks so much for joining us here for a few minutes today. So let's just jump right in, right? Like, what do you think the chances are that James Harden is a Sixer next year versus not? Um... That's a great question. So I think if there was going to be a general manager to try this, to bring him back, it would be Daryl Morey. We just, we just saw it uh, two years ago with Ben Simmons. That being said, I think if there was a player to not try to do this with, it might be James Harden because when he doesn't care, he really doesn't care, and it can be really you know, create a dysfunctional environment. We have seen checked out James Harden with both the Rockets and the Nets. He tends to get his way eventually. So I would say it's probably pretty low. Uh, you know, I think Daryl Morey might try to drag this on a little bit, uh, but I would say in terms of just odds, maybe a 30% chance he comes back. I don't think it's zero just because Daryl is stubborn and probably believes that he can wait and get a better deal. 
Um, but I don't. I would not make that the favorite for sure. So they were the only team, Philadelphia, to be able to offer him the full max. So four years, $213 million. They very clearly did not believe and do not believe that he is at that level of player anymore. So he ends up opting in. Do, do you think, are you getting a sense from people you talk to that he was upset about the offer that Philly was going to give him? Because I know he took a pay cut and the, with the one-and-one to be able to be around last year and give them some flexibility for Daniel House, P.J. Tucker, so on and so forth. But does James Harden, is he in a situation where contractually he feels disrespected by the Philadelphia 76ers? Yeah, I don't, I don't think there's any doubt. Uh, I think if, if he had gotten the indication that the Sixers were going to offer him the contract that he wanted, he would be coming back to Philadelphia. I don't, I don't think this is a basketball um, situation at all. I don't think it's a Joel Embiid problem playing with Joel Embiid. I don't think it's a problem playing for Nick Nurse. I think he was interested in playing for Nick Nurse. Uh, I think he thought there was a significant offer coming his way, uh, and I think Daryl, you know, read the tea leaves and the the you know the market correctly in saying that there wasn't anyone that was really going to pay him, uh, and he played hardball. And I don't think De- uh, James Harden was expecting Daryl Moore to play hardball. I think he feels like he took that pay cut last year and isn't being rewarded for that. Um, and I think that's really what has led to this, uh, you know, this breakdown in the relationship. I think it's surprising because I think a lot of people in Philadelphia were worried that Daryl Morey was so blind to James Harden, had so much of his reputation and stake tied to James Harden that he would bid against himself. It seems like he hasn't. Um, and, you know, I think generally that is a good thing, but I think this is maybe one of the consequences of that. We're talking to Derek Bodner, the Sixers reporter for the Daily Six here on Candy and Carlin on ESPN Radio alongside Courtney Cronin on Michael Rothstein. And Derek, when you're talking about James Harden, when you're talking about the Sixers, the conversation doesn't go very far from Joel Embiid. How could the will-they-won't-they they situation with Harden affect maybe what Embiid would want and maybe Embiid's future in Philly? Yeah, I mean, that's, that's the, the thing that every team with a superstar player is worried about. Um, everything you do, you're always on a clock when you have a superstar because if they get fed up, um, you are back at square one. And I think with Joel Embiid, you know, he is a little bit of a different kind of superstar. He has never given any in, any indication of wanting to leave Philadelphia. Like I said, he just went through this two years ago with Ben Simmons where he had to play half the season while his co-star was holding out. He didn't show any ill signs of that before. In fact, he seemed to sort of enjoy the freedom and enjoy the challenge of it this is a little different because he's 29 going on 30. You've got two years fewer left of his career, but as of now, he hasn't shown any real signs of dissatisfaction or putting the Sixers in any kind of a timeline. Uh, He seems, and and this is going to be weird saying, considering what's going on right now, he seems a lot built like, um, you know, Dame Lillard. Dame did finally hit a tipping point. Uh, I think Joel Embiid has gone through this a little bit less than Dame has. I don't think he's at that tipping point. But he really has shown a loyalty to the city and the organization. And as of now, and again, things can always change, as of now has shown no indication um, that he is on the precipice of anything like that. Speaking of Dame, all right, let's say they end up moving James Harden. They get the trade executed. They get assets back in return. But it's either not enough or the Miami Heat end up getting Damian Lillard like he wants. And... Then you have a Philly team that has a lot of draft capital, potentially, probably some expiring contracts, whatever it is. 
what do they do? Like, how else do they upgrade this roster to make sure you have a happy Joel Embiid who's not asking out next year or in a situation where this team has to take a step back because of what it doesn't have, assuming James Harden moves out of the backcourt? Yeah, it's a it's a fantastic question. Um, you know, right now, unless you are able to swing a deal for Dame, and it seems like Dame is very focused on on Miami. Uh, it doesn't seem like any other team is really in consideration, at least from Lillard's mind. But if you are not able to enter that conversation, there aren't that many ways to really um, upgrade their roster in a meaningful, significant way. Whatever you know, Los Angeles would be offering for Harden might help you compete this year, but it's not going to be enough to boost you into the Miamis, into the Boston, into the Milwaukee's of the Eastern Conference. It would be, I think, viewed by many, and rightfully so, as sort of a gap year, as a step back, so you can hopefully then take a step forward in the future. All the reporting so far and all the people you talk to are saying, you know, that Daryl Morey is really prioritizing getting, you know, expiring contracts back if they do trade James Harden. Part of that is because they really right now only have P.J. Tucker and Joel Embiid under contract for next season. They have Tyrese Maxey under a cap hold that is far less than what his eventual contract will be. And because of that, they can have very significant cap space next year. Uh, so I think they're prioritizing that if they're not able to get you know, a star of Lillard's caliber. All right, Derek, let's go nuclear option here because this was something that we were floating around before the show. If we realize... And if Daryl Morey is in this situation where the trading for you know trading for Harden, they're probably and if they don't get Damian Lillard, and then you're looking at Joel Embiid, realizing that the window that you have with him is short right now to win, is there any possible way that you see them looking at Joel Embiid coming off an MVP season and thinking, look? It's going to take us longer than the time we have afforded to be competitive and potentially put the idea of trading him at his highest point of his career out there. Yeah, it's a it's an interesting thought experiment uh, because you don't really see teams ever do this. So you wonder what could you get back in return? Could you really jumpstart that rebuild rather than waiting two or three years and getting far less? But I think it is mostly a thought experiment. I think part of the reason that we have never seen a GM really trade a superstar in his prime unless he asks out is the fact that these guys are impossibly difficult to get. You can trade them for five or six picks. You have no real assurance that any one of those is going to end up being anywhere near the caliber player that you need. And I think Daryl Morey is very subscribed to the theory that you need at least one, possibly two MVP candidates to truly contend for a title. I think he believes that they are undervalued in terms of both you know, the collective bargaining agreement and even really in their impact on basketball. And I think just the fact that he has one and that he has not asked out from, uh, at this point, I make, you know, never say never, but I would certainly say less than 1% chance that Daryl Morey would seriously entertain that. Well, Derek, as long as we're on James Harden Watch, we'll be following you. Thanks so much for taking a few minutes today. Yep, thank you. That was Derek Bodner, Sixers reporter for the Daily Six here on Canny and Carlin on ESPN Radio. One last interesting thing he said there, Courtney, what I thought was based off of your question that GMs won't do it. Well, the part of the reason GMs won't make that move is because if they make that move and it doesn't work out right away, guess what? They lose their job. And, like It's that simple. And I think that Daryl Morey has shown us a penchant for being patient, which, you know, 
I know that people want to see these free agency moves once the window opens, once a player requests a trade. They want to see it lickety-split, but he may be trying to get a three, four-team trade in the works to get Damian Lillard to Portland, from Portland to the 76ers, to move James Harden to, I don't know, the Clippers, destination to be named later. He's savvy. He's done this for a while, and the smart play here is that you don't necessarily have the chance, again, the the the, the ability to be afforded the time and the talent of a Joel Embiid. So you try to maximize every possible thing around him. You exhaust every option to make it work. Now, could it work as presently constructed? I didn't get the vibe from Derek that it could. I mean, if they can't get Damian Lillard, what are their other options? There's not that many other options out there that instantly upgrade the roster. So you are in that spot then as the fourth team potentially in the Eastern Conference to try to make this thing work as is and hope that you can get past the second round. But if history is anything, it's shown us that that's their Achilles heel, at least in this Joel Embiid era. No, without question. But the other part of it, too, is don't forget they can th- that team as presently constructed will still be likely in the playoffs and very much in the playoff hunt at the very very worst if there's injuries or something like that so it's a thing where they can maybe sit tight now and then midway through next season make that move kind of like what we saw the Suns do this past year kind of like what we saw the Lakers do to put themselves in position going forward to make that push in the playoffs a year from now so you don't necessarily have to make that move right now I think Daryl Morey has some time on his side. Coming up next, ESPN Radio's rank. I'm Courtney Cronin's top five worst teams in the NFL. This is Kenny and Carlin, ESPN Radio. Passion, drive, and patience. The formula for winning championships is also what keeps your ride or die alive. eBay Motors has everything you need to maintain your vehicle and level it up to peak performance. Superchargers, roof racks, exhaust kits, LED headlights, and more. Whether you're into speed, power, or style, eBay Motors has you covered. With over 122 million parts for your number one ride or die, you'll always find exactly what you're looking for. And with eBay Guaranteed Fit, your part is guaranteed to fit your ride every time or your money back. Because with eBay Motors, you're burning rubber, not cash. With all the parts you need at the prices you want, it's easy to make your car the MVP and bring home huge wins. Keep your ride or die alive at ebaymotors.com. Eligible items only. Exclusions apply. Hi, it's Mike Greenberg letting you know ESPN Bet is ready to take you through all the biggest sports moments this spring. The official sportsbook of ESPN has exclusive offers and markets from Scott Van Pelt, Stephen A. Smith, and me, plus many more. From the playoff intensity to finally getting out to the ballpark, there's no better time for sports fans. Sign up today. New users get a bet reset up to $1,000 in bonus bets if your first bet doesn't win. Download ESPN Bet today. What a play. Must be 21 plus and present in select states. Gambling problem? Call 1-800-GAMBLER. Terms and conditions apply. See app for details. This podcast is proud to be supported by Jets Pizza, the number one pick in Detroit-style pizza. Why? It's simple. Jets is better. With the thickest, crispiest, cheesiest Detroit-style pizza in the country, there's no competition. Right now, get $5 off any eight-corner pizza with code 8SAVE. That's the number eight, S-A-V-E. Go to jetspizza.com to learn more and find a location near you. 
Again, try Jet's signature eight-corner pizza and get $5 off with code 8SAVE. That's the number eight, S-A-V-E. Jet's Pizza. Better because it has to be. Canty and Carlin, the podcast. From the top five NFL quarterbacks. So badly want to bring Super Bowl here to Buffalo. Herbert rolling right, throws, touchdown! To the top five NFL fan bases. We're ranking the top of everything in the NFL. This is ESPN Radio's Rank Them, the top five worst teams. This is Kenny Carlin, ESPN Radio, ESPN App, Sirius XM, Channel 80. Kenny Carlin is always presented by Progressive Insurance alongside Courtney Cronin. I'm Michael Rothstein, and we're going to jump right into Radio Rank Them, not with what you maybe you heard Josh Allen there. The Buffalo Bills, I imagine, will not be on this list no. for Courtney Cronin because we are ranking the top five worst teams in the NFL. I'm going to give you my list in a couple hours. Courtney, let's start with you. Take it away. Number five. All right. This one is a team that's constructed to not be very good this year. It's the Los Angeles Rams. We know that they are trying to get their cap situation healthy, work towards 2024, but they lost Jalen Ramsey by trading him. That was a decision that they made because they knew they weren't going to win a lot of games this year. They have a 14-person draft class. They have a lot of salary cap issues, a lot of cap casualties. Remember, this defense is going to look vastly different than it did a year ago. No Jalen Ramsey, no Leonard Floyd, no Bobby Wagner. They do get Matthew Stafford back, though, on the other end of things. Let's see how healthy he looks, but they are not going to win a lot of football games because they're not constructed to win a lot of football games this season. See, I disagree with you there, Courtney. I actually don't think – I think they're going to contend potentially for a playoff spot because they do get Matthew Stafford back. They still have this guy, last I checked, before he had to deal with injuries last year, pretty, pretty good as a receiver in Cooper Cup, and they still have the best defensive player in the game in Aaron Donald. That's a good core to have. I think the Rams are going to surprise people because they also have Sean McVay. He's shown he can work with a lot less than what they'll have. He can be very, very sharp. Number four. All right, I know it's going to hit close to home for you, Mike, but obviously you are not biased. Only The only thing you do is cover the Atlanta Falcons. You are not a Falcons fan. I don't know what to think about this team. They make some strange draft choices. I think Bijan Robinson's going to be a very good running back, certainly for your fantasy team if you don't draft him number one overall. If you have that pick, I'm not sure what you're doing, but... This is a team that is still a ways away. The uncertainty at the quarterback spot. They turn the reins over to Desmond Redder. Let's see how he looks this year. But they had a, they were very active in free agency. I'm just not so sure that this is a team that's going to be set up to win right now in a winnable division of the NFC South. So I think that Bijan Robinson, him aside, he's going to be the offense. He's going to produce right out of the gate. But the Falcons still have a lot of positions that they have yet to address. Edge rusher, wide receiver, cornerback, you name it. I mean, Number three. <laughs> Number three for me are the Houston Texans. Again, a team that has quite a ways to go. I do like what they did in the NFL draft. I thought that they fooled everybody by going back in, getting Atlanta's pick, getting, uh, excuse me, Arizona's pick at number three. And then drafting Will Anderson when they took C.J. Stroud at number two, like we all expected them to do. Tamiko Ryans has a six-year contract for a reason, everyone. They are being afforded time to get this thing right after the Bill O'Brien failed experiment, after the David Culley failed experiment, 
after the two seasons of Lovey Smith. They can't continue this on anymore without actually giving this group time to marinate. And it's going to be that way for at least this season. They're in a winnable division, but they're not going to be winning a lot of games. I probably max them out around five wins in the AFC South. Number two. Number two is Vegas. Look, I know that there's a lot of hot seat conversation when it comes to Josh McDaniels and where he's at right now. If he didn't have the contract, maybe he would have been gone after the abject failure that was Derek Carr's last season. They're in a tough division. We don't know what the health of Jimmy Garoppolo is going to be this year. We don't know how that whole thing is going to play out, yet they signed him anyways. Knowing all of that, that's why his contract situation was what it was, some un- some. Unclear terms, and then we find out that he was still dealing with the injury that put him out last season with the San Francisco 49ers. So if Garoppolo can stay healthy, then I'll eat my words. But I take a look at this team, and I think that they are still one of the bottom five, bottom ten in the NFL. And for me, they're number two on my list. Number one. This is not breaking news. I'm not here to try to, like, outsmart anybody. The Arizona Cardinals are awful. They were hit with tampering charges this offseason. They lost They lost a top 100 pick. Kyler Murray is not going to be playing at least until November at the very earliest. So I look at this group. I know that they're thinking down the line. I really did like the Paris Johnson Jr. pick that they had when they moved back with Detroit. I believe that was the number six overall pick in the 2023 NFL draft. But... This is a first-year regime taking over something that has been a dumpster fire on and off the field this offseason. So don't expect Arizona to win a lot of games. They will very much be in contention for the number one overall pick this coming season. So to recap, my list from 5-1, to the Los Angeles Rams, the Atlanta Falcons, the Houston Texans, the Las Vegas Raiders, and then the Arizona Cardinals. Well, that is Courtney Cronin's list. I have a lot, I mean a lot, of thoughts, and Courtney's probably not going to like me after this, but might might make the last two hours of the show a little bit tricky. This is Candy and Carly on ESPN Radio. This is the Candy and Carlin Podcast. So in the break, I was kind of verbally assaulted by my man Eric Hanneman, who's running the board today, because he is disgusted by the Nathan's Hot Dog Eating Contest. And I, I love it. I love every minute of it. Last year's contest is on ESPN2 right now. So you can watch Joey Chestnut inhale a copious amount of hot dogs. And we're going to talk about this in the next hour here on Candy and Carlin on ESPN Radio. And just to give you a little bit of a preview, it is tremendously wonderful. Alongside Courtney Cronin, I'm Michael Rothstein. And Courtney, just we were talking last segment about your top five worst teams in the NFL, of which no competitive eater should ever be on that list because they are all incredible. Every last one of them from who will finish first tomorrow to finish last. But why don't you recap your list here really quick? So from five to one, these are the worst teams that I project to be in the NFL in 2023. Number five, the Los Angeles Rams. Four, Atlanta. Texans at three. Las Vegas at two. And then rounding it out at number one, probably a lot of people's number one. I've got Arizona. Okay, so I have no issue with one and three on your list, although when I give my list at 6.30, I will have them in a different order. No issue with them there. Number five, we talked about it a little bit last segment. 
I get it. The Los Angeles Rams, they have questions. But to me, as long as you have Cooper Cup and you have Matthew Stafford and you have Aaron Donald, Aaron Donald the best. You, you have arguably the best receiver or second best receiver in the game and the best defensive player in the game. You're probably not going to be on this list because, and you, along with a guy who's won a Super Bowl as a head coach in Sean McVay. The Raiders are questionable. I, I think that there's a lot of question marks around that team, and I'm not a believer in Josh McDaniels as a coach. I'm saving my, my vitriol here with you. For the team I actually cover, which feels weird and awful because I've covered, I'm the, I'm the purveyor of bad football, Courtney. I am the person who has seen more bad football probably than anyone at ESPN because I covered the Detroit Lions for eight years. <laughs> I've covered the Falcons for three. I haven't covered a winning season, a winning season. I have not covered a winning season since 2017. I don't know what those things look like. I have never covered a division title. I have never covered a playoff win. I've barely covered a playoff game. And I will tell you this. The Atlanta Falcons are not only not should not be on this list, they're going to win the NFC South this year. They are going to win the NFC South this year. The NFC South is a trash division. It is awful. The Saints have lost so much off of their defense, and Dennis Allen is a giant question mark as a coach. The Bucs, I'm sorry. Baker Mayfield's your quarterback, and once Baker Mayfield won anything, won anything, all you have are two receivers. Your defense is old. And the Panthers, the Panthers have, I love their roster, but they have a rookie quarterback in Bryce Young. I like their coaching staff a lot. They're going to finish second in the division, but the Atlanta Falcons are the best coach team in this division. They have a ton of offensive talent besides B. John Robinson, who you mentioned. They have Kyle Pitts coming back, first-round pick two years ago. They have Drake London, set rookie records for the Falcons that were set the year before by Kyle Pitts at receiver. Their defense has been largely upgraded, and you mentioned cornerback. Who do they have? they got a guy named A.J. Terrell, who's a borderline Pro Bowl player. This team is going to be a good team, and they're going to more will be a well-coached team this year. They do not belong on this list. Okay, and that's fair. I think that the NFC South, and no, you were not really thrilled with me for not putting the Tampa Bay Buccaneers on there. I had them at six when I was going through this exercise. Like Atlanta finally had the financial freedom to do what it wanted to this offseason with the roster. They did add talent. I think that they overpaid for guys like Chris Lindstrom. I don't know that anybody was knocking down his door trying to give him this massive contract given what the guard market looked like. They're still rolling with Desmond Ritter, though, Mike. They were sitting there at number eight when there were quarterbacks available, and they said, no, let's make another offensive decision that could either go boom or bust, drafting a running back at eight after the aforementioned (laughs) Kyle Pitts that you decide. Let me finish with the Kyle Pitts pick from a couple years ago that has not panned out yet, and then they go and get B. Sean Robinson, and they say, all right, that is your sign that for a young quarterback in Desmond Ritter, who's taking over from our Marcus Mariota from last season. You're putting a lot of the weight of this offense on your running back. That's fine. He's going to get a lot of production. That doesn't necessarily equate to them winning a lot of games. All right, a few things here. First of all, at eight, a lot, two of the top quarterbacks, three of the top quarterbacks were off the board, although I don't think they were ever going to consider Anthony Richardson. So you're saying that they should have rolled the dice with the fourth best quarterback, a guy who didn't even go to the second round in Will Levis. Versus taking a guy who is maybe the best player in the draft in B. John Robinson, and they have a plan for him because he's more than just a running back. Take that RB off of his name and put OW for offensive weapon. He's going to line up as a receiver. He's going to potentially be their starting slot receiver. And he's a guy that you can create matchup nightmares. That's one thing that Arthur Smith really tries to do is he tries to create leverage. And almost every player they have on their offense, except for Tyler Algier and, of course, their offensive lineman, 
can play multiple positions, whether it's inside, outside at receiver, whether it's tight end and fullback in Johnny Smith's case, whether it's running back and receiver, which they have in Cordero Patterson, and they have in Bijan Robinson. This is a team that has so much offensive talent. They might have one of the top 10 skill position groups in the NFL. I think that's, that's a good- stretch. I think that is an absolute stretch. and That's fine. You can think it's a stretch, but it's also true. It just happens they're all on rookie. A lot of them are on rookie contracts. And, and by the way, you- that's great. If they're on rookie contracts and they perform, then that's a team that can go far right now. And then you can pay the guys as it comes. They're not going to be in position to do that because they're still going to be building towards something. It could take some time. It all depends on the quarterback. Let me tell you from someone who's actually covered winning teams and covered teams that have not won. Teams that were really good somehow find luck at the quarterback spot and then let go of that. If you don't have the quarterback situation figured out, doesn't matter what your draft picks are. Doesn't matter that you have this Swiss Army knife in Cordero Patterson who can be, you know, one who is one of the greatest returners of all time and can be utilized anywhere on offense. I don't care about Bijan Robinson at that point. If you don't get the quarterback spot right, which is a gigantic question mark. Your third round pick from last year in Desmond Ritter. We don't know how he's going to pan out. Could he be great? And I'm eating my words here at the end of the at the end of the 2023 season. Absolutely. And I'm willing to do that. But I will say I'm not willing to go all in and not put them bottom of the NFC South and put them on my list here. I believe I have them at number four. Because I don't know how that's going to play out yet. Did they make some nice roster additions this offseason? Sure. I, I really do commend them for having the flexibility and saying within the first couple of hours of free agency, guaranteed dollars galore to try to help this roster get in position for 2024. I don't think it's going to be 2023, even with the state of the division. That, that's fair, except for this. You're, you're saying that you don't believe in Desmond Ritter, and that's fine, or no, you don't know about Desmond Ritter, and that's fine. That's a giant question mark. Except you're talking about the other quarterbacks in that division. Baker Mayfield or Kyle Trask, sorry, not trusting either one of them. Derek Carr, uh, not really buying into that either, and Bryce Young's a rookie. Like, he's number one pick, but he's a rookie. I'm sorry, I'm just not buying into any of that right now. What the Falcons did with all of that offensive talent is they insulated Desmond Ritter so he can make mistakes, and it will not cost them quite as bad. Coming up next, Chris Carlin comes on, weighs in on Courtney's list. Kenny and Carlin, ESPN Radio. Thanks for listening to the Canty and Carlin Podcast. You can listen to the show live weekdays from 3 to 7 Eastern on ESPN Radio. Plus, you can listen on the ESPN app. Canty and Carlin, the podcast.